0: The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob M. Ronnie.
1: Accident or injury, call Jacob M. Ronnie,
0: call Jacob. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinski. Sue Blue, what's up?
1: What's up? It's just you and me, man. That's uh, that's just, what's uh, up.
0: Yeah, Actually, we got a great guest coming up. The actor, Paul Sparks, who's got Physical coming up uh, August 2nd on Apple. Love that show, him and Rose Byrne. Great cast, Rory Scoville, who's been on the show. So Paul is going to join us coming up. In the meantime, Sue, you can see that I'm promoting the Culture Pop Podcast by wearing this hoodie i wore it all day long even though it's hot outside taking one for the team steve exactly so here's the deal we love doing this show and we love that you're out there and you're listening every week so we are now officially taking the show to a new level sue a new level if you follow us on youtube or on apple the more reviews and comments we get Culture Pop will climb up the charts by some algorithm or something like that. So if you'd like to win a Culture Pop podcast t-shirt, go to Apple, leave us a five-star review and a comment about why you like the show. Or if you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and then leave a nice comment, say something nice about us. And after you do it, drop us an email, maceandsue at gmail.com, maceandsue at gmail.com and say, hey. I left a five star review. Hey, I left a comment and we will randomly send out some culture pop podcast t shirts. And by the way, you can also join our culture pop podcast community on Twitter. Just hit the community tabs on Twitter and search for culture pop podcast. We're in there talking movies and TV and everything. Actually, I'll throw something at you right off the top, Sue. All right. I, I just put up this poll in the culture pop podcast community on Twitter. Who would you vote for? for Best Actor in a Comedy Series at this year's Emmys. So the tough ones to beat, Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso, uh, from uh, Barry, Bill Hader, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, and Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. Who would you vote for?
1: I would vote for Bill Hader because I think he's been overlooked so many times. And he is so good in this show. Not to say that everybody else isn't good. It's a tough category. Really tough. But I think he deserves it. The show is is over. And I think that he should be rewarded for his amazing work.
0: So here's what I kind of think is going to happen. This has a way of sorting itself out. So Bill Hader directed every episode of Barry during its final season here. I have a feeling he's going to win Best Director Comedy. That will open the door for either Jeremy Allen White or Jason Sudeikis to win. And I would vote for Jeremy Allen White, who I think has a chance to be just a transcendent. At- when I see him, I think young Pacino, I think young De Niro. He's like an old time movie star just waiting to happen. And The Bear is such a great show.
1: Yeah, I'm not up to speed on The Bear, unfortunately. Are you into I-
0: season two yet? I'm not. Oh, yeah. you got to jump in there.
1: Well, you know, I I was kind of on the fence about it when I watched the first couple of episodes because it was very frenetic and I just couldn't get into it. Yep. Everybody that I know said, just stay with it. And the second season is completely worth the price of admission.
0: Yeah. So- I mean, uh, Greg Bergman, who's my producer at the uh, radio station, says season two so much better than season one that mm-hmm. it's, and apparently there's one episode, I don't know if it's number six or number eight or something that I should be looking for that he says is one of the best, uh, half hours of TV he's ever seen.
1: Wow. That's impressive.
0: Yeah. So that is impressive. All right. So, uh, before we get to our guest, where do you got going?
1: Well, speaking of TV, I am, I don't know about you, but I am very much looking forward to the golden bachelor.
0: Oh, I know about this show.
1: So I looked online to see when it was premiering and I couldn't find when it was premiering, but they have a bunch of trailers and very, you know, for those of you out there who, um, don't know about this, it's a older version of The Bachelor. So the, the Bachelor is 71 years old and all of the, Women that he's vying for, I believe, are 65 and older. Or okay, 16. so in
0: in the ballpark.
1: Yes, yes. So in the trailer, I love how they're, you know, trying to paint this. Like, I mean, when you think about it, he's not like that old. I mean, he's 71, but it's just, it's a departure from what we've seen. Sure,
0: it's not the normal Bachelor show.
1: Right, right. And in television, I I, I don't know if anybody ever heard, uh you're not old enough for this part you know, or, or, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, right. Right. You know what I mean? You know, because of ageism. So one of the things they were saying, and i never heard this term, but they said he posts his thirst traps in a leather bound album.
0: Hmm. So in it, other words, his sexy pictures. Yes. He puts in a leather such as they are, puts them in a leather bound album. So, because he doesn't really do a lot of the social media. <laughs> he doesn't stuff. do the internet. He can't <laughs> digitally send. people. he doesn't have iPhoto or he doesn't have the photo app on his phone. So he's keeping a leather bound.
1: He's old school because he's he's, old. he's
0: the oldest school. The oldest yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, he's old school.
1: Um, his DMs have postage. <laughs> They're trying to be very cheeky here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He doesn't have gray hair. He has wisdom highlights.
0: Oh, very nice. Very nice. That's a good way to look at it. And then
1: the last one was, uh, Florida wants to retire and move to him. (laughs) So I was thinking when it comes to the golden bachelorette, yes, it's going to be a completely different trailer.
0: Okay. How's that?
1: Uh, when making love, she'll scream like a virgin because her vag is very dry.
0: It's this is the truth. This is that's the truth. That's not tr- their actual slogan.
1: Well, it's not, but that's why No, but it's very funny, yeah. But okay. Um she's subject to many mood swings because of menopause.
0: Yeah, right. That's fair. Fair one. Okay.
1: Don't expect her to go on hikes. Because she hasn't found the right medication for osteoporosis.
0: (laughs) These are the taglines.
1: These are the taglines for the next season when it's The Bachelorette.
0: Nice. Very nice. Well, I would say the show would be more successful if it was called Grandpa Got Laid. Now that. I think is a great title. Who doesn't tune in for Grandpa Gets Late? Um, And the other thing is ABC needs to clear time at four o'clock in the afternoon because that's when the target audience will actually be awake. My parents, uh, my mom and not stepdad, Leo, go to lunch at like, go to dinner at three. Then four o'clock will be a perfect time for them to watch Golden Bachelor.
1: I love that they also say, this will be his final rose. And I'm like, well, I think his final. Well, maybe it's going to be his final. It rose might be his final. It rose, might yeah. be his final rose because it, his funeral will be very <laughs> soon after this. Uh,
0: will you actually watch? I'm definitely going to watch. Yeah, I, I'm curious about it. I'm curious about it.
1: I, what I, What I'd love to see is, you know, if if his parents are still alive. I mean, does he bring his potential uh, bachelorette? To get approval from his 100-year-old family. Yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> uh, very funny. Do you know? Do you have a premiere date? Can we get the Golden Bachelor on the show? I would love to get the Coming Golden Bachelor. Coming soon to ABC. Let's just say that. Coming soon to ABC. Uh, that's great. I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I was going to tell a story, but then I think I shouldn't tell a story because I think it's private and I don't want to reveal any privacies. But no, it's I- a hell of a good story.
1: Well, now I want to hear the story. Oh, it's so—it's
0: such a great story. It's about older people dating. Okay. About my mom and not stepdad Leo, but I—I okay. I don't want to go any further. I'll tell it on an upcoming episode. Oh, after so this, I clear it so, with
1: them. So, do we have we have a cliffhanger here?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a tease. Uh, I will be on an upcoming episode as soon as I get clearance from not stepdad Leo and my mom to be able to tell the story on the podcast they don't listen to, <laughs> which irritates me. Annoying. Well
1: I know I know two people who aren't getting a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, here we go. Our guest today uh has appeared on shows like Boardwalk Empire and House of Cards and The Night of with film roles like The Greatest Showman, Parkland and Mud. He's a five-time Drama Desk nominee and he's currently starring in Grey House. It is playing right now at the Lyceum Theater on Broadway and As I mentioned earlier, his television series, Physical, returns August 2nd to Apple+. Plus. Paul Sparks is here. Paul, thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. So I want to make sure everybody knows that this interview, this conversation has taken place uh, before uh, the strike has actually gone down with the Screen Actors Guild SAG-AFTRA. So Paul's allowed to talk about stuff that we want to talk to him about, which is great, man. Good, Uh, because I'm going to clam up after that. Excellent. So I am endlessly fascinated, you're on Broadway right now, by Broadway life. Like you did two performances yesterday. Uh, You got another one coming tonight. Before we talk about the the show itself, describe your average day, especially like on a day like yesterday.
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I I get up early. I have children. So I get up early in the morning, get them off to camp. Uh, mill around a little bit and then around noon, I head over to the theater. And then, yeah, we're, I'm usually there an hour beforehand. Then we do the show, lasts about two hours. Then I have a couple hours to kill, go back, just rinse and repeat. Yeah. uh, It's, uh, I I love it. I actually really enjoy, uh, eight shows a week. I, I, I don't, I don't know what it is about it that I, that I enjoy. Cause it's not, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like Sisyphean, you know, it's not like, you know, the same, I, it's always different. You know, being in the theater is such a um, unique experience every time you do it. And so I, I, I love it, but yeah, it's, it's, it is relentless for sure.
1: When you say it's really different, do you, is that the, the fact that it's, a, it's it's live So of course the reactions are going to be different, maybe, you know, show to show, but as far as what you're doing on stage, do you get the opportunity to do different things? Do you, can you throw in surprises? I mean, you, can you do that?
2: I mean, yes and no. Uh, Certainly there is a, there's a structure there. The show has been, you know, we have like, they want it to go the same amount of time. They want, there are certain aspects of it, you know, that they don't really want to change, but it's impossible uh, for me, at least, to not continue to search and sort of um, try and deepen what it is that that we're doing. I mean, I have realizations all the time. It, it, it comes in waves. And so I would reckon that things are quite a bit different now than when we first started. Uh, you know, that said, I mean... Maybe it seems big to me, the changes, uh, but it may on the, you know, on the spectrum, it may not be that, that huge a difference, but uh, it feels different.
0: Yeah. So what an amazing cast, two-time Tony winner, Laurie Metcalf, uh, who I yeah. love and everything and Tatiana Maslani, who I got to yeah. see her do network uh, on, on Broadway. I, and the word that comes up in, Reviews because I've read, and by the way, I'm going to be in August and get to see the show, so I'm excited about that. Um, oh, good. The word in in the reviews that popped up several times was terrifying. Now I know you don't want to give away too much of the show, but but what can you say? Um.
2: Well, I want to be. I always want to be a little bit careful about what I say, just from the perspective of. I don't know that there's an experience quite like this, you know, for an audience. And I, I think the more that we tell the 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 more it kind of softens that experience uh, for for people. Um, terrifying. It certainly has some moments where people are are jumping, and there are some surprises and things like that, which is pretty unique for Broadway. Uh, but it's 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 actually really funny it's like a really funny play um there's a lot of humor i sort of equate those two things go together you know they're both kind of cathartic you know the experience of of laughing the experience of sort of screaming and yelling i mean all that stuff is happening and uh so uh yeah i'm not going to tell you anything about what happens Good. necessarily but but uh, i will yeah, say by the way I'm, as selfish,
0: selfishly don't spoil it for me yeah
2: <laughs> they do happen though things happen
1: i uh i love scary stuff i mean yeah. i you know grew up probably i think the first the first movie I, I actually saw that that scared the shit out of me was house on haunted hill with um vincent price oh um, wow yeah it was, oh it was frightening so yeah. uh are we are you like a scary kind of fan i mean like growing up did you watch scary movies
2: I mean, some. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm an aficionado. I, I, but I, but I do like them. I mean, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I, 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 uh, I want to be affected. You know, like when I go, and uh, I love it that things uh, can be so scary that they make you question, like, why or, why am I doing this to myself? Um, there's a really great. Uh, I believe it's Japanese. Uh, version of the original version of dark water, which is maybe one of the scariest things I've, I've ever seen. And many times during that uh, I was saying, why, why are we doing this to ourselves? Um, this is not, this is, this is not fun, but it. it, it is, it is, it is fun. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's so funny that you say that because I, you know, a lot of times when I've watched something scary, I actually cover most of my face because mm. I'm just too scared to see it. But yeah, I will. It, it will never stop me from watching something scary.
2: Yeah, I, 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 we're drawn to it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's good. Yeah. That's so we are
0: both it. big fans of Physical with you uh-huh. and Rose Byrne and Rory Scovel. Such a great show. Uh, and a lot of times, like I'll watch a show and I'll say, "Oh, that reminds me of," or I'll say, "That's like a cross between." And name two show. There is acts. You know, I can't think of a comp. I can't think of a show that's like physical. Do you know what I mean? I do. Uh, you know, Annie Wiseman is such
2: a smart, uh, writer and she's, she writes a lot from her own experience, uh, which I think really is, is obvious to those of us that, that know her, but it's, it's also obvious just in the fact that there's such truthfulness in the, in the script. It's, it's very odd. I think Rose Byrne walks maybe one of the hardest lines I've ever seen. I, I think it is a crime that she has not won all the awards that one can win for what she's doing. I think it's so unique and special. Um, uh, Yeah, Rose is, uh, she's so unique in her ability to be kind of wacky and yeah death to earth and so beautiful and so mean and she just kind of is all over the place it's been it's been such a privilege like to like work on that show with her and and uh, they're such a special, uh, group of, of people and, um, it's coming to an end and that's too bad, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's been good.
1: And, and, you know, when you think about the subject matter, um, of anorexia, you know, to, to make something like that funny, obviously it's coming from a writer who's had experience with it. So it's, it's very personal and, and, you know, it's kind of like you know, it's like a comedian, you know, making fun of something about themselves and it's okay because they they actually have lived it. So it's 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 kind right. of okay. Um but I I the the thing about Rose Byrne that is just amazing to me is that it is such a demanding role. Yeah. Um, you know, you think of all the physical that she had to do on top of all of mm, all true. of all of the yeah. emotional. Um yeah. But the 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 show when, when I think of physical, to me it was mentally torturous.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I I think I think the for a lot of the shows that that I've really loved being a part of, one of the things that directors and the people who've had to edit it and the writers have had to deal with is the tone, because they walk this really dangerous line of you 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 have to be careful. You know when you're dealing with an issue that's as, that's as sensitive as an eating disorder. You have to be careful with that because you need to be careful with people. At the same time, you know you're trying to like turn it on turn it up, upside down, and look around at it. And I feel like they they really managed to do that with this subject matter. And the fact that it's a comedy is sort of outrageous, Um, but it is so funny. And, you know, Rory and Deirdre, they're so fun. They're all so funny. Um, It's, it's a really, it's a really fascinating uh, show. I'm really proud to have been a part of it. Yeah.
0: You know, it makes me think of, this is weird. It makes me think of my mom because my mom back in the day, would, she started wearing leg warmers and she started going to aerobics and to jazzercise. And now I think she's doing Roomba and water aerobics, but it makes me think of my mom and that particular era. And I think it does a great job of capturing that era and this idea that there were there were people competing to be the one who taught aerobics, like that sort of king of the hill sort of thing. And that drive it requires is one of the things I love.
2: Yeah. Well, is you know, it was sort of like back during a time when when the celebrity was still pretty selective. You know, now you throw a rock and everybody's got their own television show or their own streaming service or whatever. But back then you really could be sort of at the top. And the eighties is such a interesting time, the the sort of uh Reaganomics of it all and the the, the, the that morning in
0: america kind of thing yeah
2: yeah kind of like coming of age and you you know the the it's it's such a fascinating like fascinating and rich uh period of our history um yeah it's true i mean i remember that's when i was a kid you know i remember all that stuff i remember all of it i remember watching it on uh tv People on the beach like doing, you know, because there were no channels and that's what you watched on the weekends. Yeah, you know, it was working out.
1: I love all the 80s stuff that was brought back Um, the waterbed. Um, yeah, waterbed. <laughs> I want to ask you, have you ever slept in a waterbed?
2: You know, I have slept on a waterbed because I had a friend who had a waterbed uh, when I was growing up. But uh, it is not a good night's sleep. It's no. horrible. Yeah, I had one oh. too.
0: And by the oh. way, it was a dream for me was to get a waterbed at one point. <laughs> and then it turned out to be the worst thing.
2: It's it's awful. And when they brought that thing in for us to get on, I was reminded of just how terrible it actually is. What a
0: terrible idea. Yeah, bad idea. Bad idea. So I want to switch over to House of Cards because I've you know, i seen interview. This is actually sad. I've seen interviews with people in politics where they say, yeah, House of Cards is exactly how it is in Washington. Like it cap and I, I find that discouraging. How about you? Uh
2: yeah, I mean I agree. I totally agree. I I don't have I haven't rubbed elbows with that many uh politicians, but uh it seems to be a a, a nest of a particular kind of spicery over there in Washington, DC. It is particular and uh, I've been in some pretty unsavory rooms and uh, uh I think that that goes on
1: so your de- your demise your character's demise was uh was was pretty ugly um <laughs> and disturbing I wanted to know as an actor um how far in advance did you know what was going to be the end result of your character
2: well I feel like I probably... I feel like I knew a few episodes in advance, you know, so I was probably knew a month out or so that that was the way it was going to go. Um, I don't know that I knew how until like exactly that I was going to be poisoned and, and um, underneath the, having sex with the Robin who would be direct. <laughs> I didn't know all those details, you know, at the time, but I would learn them probably a week before I was about to do it. Maybe a few days. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't find out, you know, when I was on Boardwalk Empire, everybody always would like hold their breath when a new script was about to come out because Terry Winter was going to call you and tell you that, you know, this was your episode to die. And so <laughs> I, I was used to it. And um, but, you know, they were very they were very good. And it was it was probably time for old Tom to get <laughs> s- off
1: It was kind of the the, the best of times, the worst of times to uh, die having sex with Robin Wright, I guess. Yeah, right.
2: You know, as a person who, you know, sort of remembers Princess Bride as a sort of formative piece, it's like you suddenly find yourself in that situation and and, uh, the world gets quite surreal. Yeah.
0: So I, this morning, was sort of getting ready for this and I thought greatest showman is like one of my, I don't know if I call it a guilty pleasure or not, but I absolutely love uh, Greatest Showman. And I've now got songs going through my head because I prepared for this thing. Um, Do do you understand why it became, and literally it did become a worldwide phenomenon, sold a lot of albums, sold a lot of music, played uh, in overseas? I mean, did you have a sense that this show had a chance or this movie had a chance to do that?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because when I was first approached, I had made a movie called Thoroughbreds and this guy, Kevin Walsh, who was one of the producers, was was producing that movie. And then I think he even left. I don't think he stayed with it. And Michael was from Australia and he had no idea the sort of middling sort of celebrity that I was. And so he treated me as if I was really famous and he like, he gave me the full pitch and the full pitch was this hour and twenty-minute thing where I had done. I heard almost all the music. He walked me through the entire show, and when I heard the songs, I I knew. I said, "Well, this thing's going to sell a billion copies because the music was so compelling. It was so good." Uh, and he knew. He knew. He knew as well. He said, "I'm telling you, if, if you're not convinced, just hearing this." music that this is not going to be great then i don't know what to tell you and look that show was i didn't have that much to do but it was fun to just be on set with hugh jackman is you know the nicest person you you've heard it if you've interviewed yeah. anyone he's him, great he's the nicest person that ever lived you know he's he he's so generous and he knows everyone and remembers everyone's name Uh but all of those actors that were around, Michelle Williams, I mean, all of them, I, I'm, I'm such a fan of of them all. And so it was so nice to just be there and be on a big set and, you know, do big stuff. I don't do that kind of thing very often. I do a lot of small movies. And uh, so when I get the opportunity, I, I, I really appreciate it. I don't know that I knew it was going to sell a billion, you know, copies or whatever, of, but
0: I'm not surprised. You know, well, one of the it. secrets, I think, to the success, you tell me if my theory's right, is that it's, you know, about this group of performers who are, you know, quote, unquote, uh, I hate to use the word, but freaks, uh, performers. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people identify with them because we've all felt like an outsider at some sure. point. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: I mean look I think that's the the human condition you know it's like in order to we all struggle to feel at home in the world you know that's like our I think that's what everybody's trying to do it's like how how do I feel at home in the world and what's implicit in that sort of question of oneself is the fact that you feel not at home in the world a lot that a lot of people feel left out. They feel apart. They feel other than, you know, what's really going on. And I think that's, that's a, that's a human trait. And so, yeah, I think the movie really like speaks to that. It really looks at the ways in which we feel other and we're, we're, we're not, you know, and people are not, and uh we all kind of feel that way. And uh it's nice. It's a nice message, you know.
1: One of my uh, favorite characters that you played was Mickey Doyle in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh man! I mean, just this lecherous <laughs> 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 rat. Um, I want to know and 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 the laugh, the creepy laugh. But mm-hmm. I, and I want to know how that came about, and and if you went through a bunch of laughs to get to that laugh. But what was the character description of this character before you put your ingredients in?
2: Well. He was described in the, in the, he didn't laugh in the script. And, uh, uh, it seemed to me that he was supposed to be somewhat humorous, although maybe slightly less humorous than, than I ended up playing him. He was supposed to be quite rotund, which I was not. Um, and, uh, when I auditioned, I can remember You know, I sort of just, that was just what I, when I read it, that's how I felt. This sort of Frost, sort of Bugs Bunny-esque, you know, kind of thing was what I decided I was going to do. And what was interesting about it was that I auditioned with that, you know, persona and the laugh and all those things. And I did it two or three times. And then I left. And as I was walking out, Ellen came out and she said, hey, listen, can you come back and do it again? And uh I said, sure. And she said, and this time, just be yourself. Do it mm-hmm. as Paul sparks. I we I I they want to see just you. And of course I did it as me. And it was I'm like a small town kid from Oklahoma. I mean, this was awful. You know, it was just <laughs> terrible. The scene was awful. And I called, I called my I called my partner Annie and I said, Oh well, I didn't get that after I left. But then I did get it. Hmm. But I didn't know who got it? Did the weird laughy guy get it? Or did the me get it? Who auditioned <laughs> last? class? Like I didn't know which person got the part. And uh, no one said anything. And so when I was shooting with Mr. Scorsese uh, on the first day, um, I just decided I was going to do the one I wanted to do, which was the more fun one. And I actually think there's a little bit of him in Mickey Doyle as well, uh, because he came up to me and he and I, I, he was kind of like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. I see it. I see it. He goes, it's it's good. He's like he's he's nervous. He's 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 nervous, but he's, he's, he's a little crazy. And there was some sort of melding because that guy was also supposed to be from philadelphia and i don't know if you know philadelphia's accent but that is a particular kind of accent. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah sort of like oh no no you know we're not doing the coconut and when like we're not <laughs> doing that but uh yeah i mean a lot of that was just my imagination about like what that world was and what it could be and um, yeah, it was a really lucky thing for me to sort of be introduced into the world of film and television coming from the theater is my starting place. Because everything after that is like, oh, well, he was also that guy, you know? Oh, OK. So maybe, you know, and that's like really worked in my has worked in my my favor,
0: Yeah, I think. So I have uh, I've lived in L.A. for 35 years, except for two years where okay. Sue and I were in New York doing a radio show. And I can honestly say New York kind of chewed me up. I went from L.A. and and the pace to the pace of, of New York. Um, and uh, I wonder what it was like for you. I mean, you went from Oklahoma to New York, New York. Yeah. So I moved here in 1992.
2: Um, and I was, you know, 20 years old. And I... Had never. My hometown was probably two thousand people, hmm. so it was. There were more people in my blo- in the building I was staying in, probably <laughs> than lived in my town. But I, I immediately just loved New York. I mean, granted, initially when I was here, I was working so hard to just pay for things, and I was going to school and just trying to like do all that stuff. That I'm not sure I looked up and sort of noticed what was going on because i was running so hard but i always felt a kinship it always felt like a small town to me there's a lot of small town people here there's a lot of there's a lot of people that left you know the place that they were at and they were there and we had a lot of things in common i came from a place where maybe people were a little bit suspicious of people that were different you know that like had different interests or you know wanted to be an actor or whatever and here in new york it was like people kind of celebrated the ways in which everybody was different and i appreciated that i also just i don't know i like things being on and and moving all the time i i can be a little reclusive and and private and and it helps me like be in the be in the world i like it when Things are happening outside yeah, my yeah. window. I moved to Brooklyn and was like, "Oh, this is way too suburban for me. Like, <laughs> I need, to be in, I need to be in, I need to be in Manhattan where things are, things are moving around." Yeah, so I love it. Although LA's nice,
0: you know, LA nice is nice, LA is nice, man. The pace is pace is nice. I think my problem was I went from LA to New York instead of from New York to LA.
2: Right, right, because you go yeah. to LA from new york and you really appreciate like i mean the the weather the outdoor life the, the mellowness the
0: lifestyle oh yeah well, yeah, yeah. are you sure you time. don't want to come out here paul yes well you know
1: we we also you know we're doing morning radio we were up at 3 30 in the morning um Um, you know it was such an isolated lifestyle too you know you didn't really go out at night because you had to get up so early you know i i you know took naps at you know 10 o'clock, you know, 10 10 o'clock in the morning to like four. I mean, it really was kind of a crazy life. But when you came to New York, you came here to go to school, right? So you kind of had your community, right? You're
2: acting. Yeah, I I was, I was in a, uh, you know, I was in the dormitory. So I, you know, I was, I had a, I had a little bit of a, of a community that uh, just was built in. You know, initially I said, I'm quitting school and I'm moving to New York and my dad he he sort of was the one that said you should you should try and maybe do it through through school. So, you know, uh my my dad sort of steered me in the right direction. He was totally right. That was the way to go.
0: Yeah. Last thing for me, I'm guessing you probably did plays in high school. Yeah. What was your what was your tour de force role as a high school actor? <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. Well, let's see. I have to think about I guess I was you know, I was in the musical uh, Once Upon a Mattress, and I played Dauntless the Drab in that. Um, uh, that was a big one for me. Uh, I played. Uh, uh, what did I do? I played. Um, I was in the Pajama Game. We did a lot of musicals. I was in the Pajama Game and played Heinzie. You know, I, I I think probably yeah, I think probably Dauntless was my that was my that was when I, that's when people woke up and they were like oh. That guy's good. Maybe maybe he'll do community theater here in town. (laughs) someday.
0: Well, you've advanced way past community theater, obviously, on Broadway. We appreciate you doing this. On Broadway, the show's called Gray House at the Lyceum Theater. uh, And Physical returns to Apple Plus on August the 2nd. Uh, Can't wait to see the show in August, Paul. Uh, See Gray House in August. Uh, Appreciate you doing this. And thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. So on. Thanks, Paul. And there you have it. There's Paul Sparks. Uh, The show physical is so, and we've gotten to see, you watched season two, right, Sue?
1: I watched season three, too. Oh, season three. Yeah. We were privy
0: to that. I'm only like four or five episodes into season three. It's fantastic. It's Mm -hmm. the weirdest show I can think of. Like, it's not like anything I've ever seen.
1: There is an episode in, and all the episodes are great, and the writing is great, but one in particular in the third season, um, and we'll talk about it when when the show comes out okay but the writing is you talked about an episode in in the bear that's supposed to be the greatest half hour of tv this this is up there it is it is really up there
0: wow okay no, I'm, I'm all over i say no more okay it was,
1: it was really really great
0: again there's another tease multiple teases <laughs> in this I'm culture such a, pop i'm podcast. such a tease you are you and are. you are too yeah i am too All right. uh, So uh, listen, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Culture Pop Podcast, and there we are. You can see the pictures that go with the sound. Uh, You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. And if you need help, go to SteveMason.com. And uh, again, comments, reviews, five stars, all that kind of stuff. We love you. We'll send you a t shirt. Uh, Sue, it is great seeing you, and we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast.